When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everyone, welcome to Real Vision Crypto. Enjoy today's show. Hey everyone, thanks for choosing this episode. It's me, Elaine Lee, your friendly crypto host and producer at Real Vision. Happy we're going to hang out for a little bit. We're going to talk about NFTs. So without further ado, let's go. So I thought for this episode, we'd focus on the buyer. We hear a lot from the NFT sellers and the project leaders, but for this conversation, I wanted to speak with someone who taught me about buying NFTs. Most of you in this space, especially the ones who know about championing female-led projects, know her as Meta Zoe on Twitter. We worked together at CNN over 10 years ago. Now she's a good friend of mine a sister whale, as I'd like to call her. And when she's not spending silly amounts of money on NFTs every week in her day job, she is an award-winning documentary filmmaker. Sister Zoe, hello, hello, and welcome to Real Vision. Hello. That is quite the introduction, Elaine. You've just reminded me of the time we worked at CNN together. 12, how many years ago was that? Yeah, was so it? many years 15 ago. 15 years ago or something? I do. And the best part was you found an old email. Do you remember that email that you've like minted now? Yeah. <laughs> Don't tell anyone I've minted that email. <laughs> That's in my <laughs> private collection. <laughs> oh, yeah. But yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I used to drop you emails. I used to spam you basically about Bitcoin back in 2013. Yeah. And you'd be like, ha, 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 you're so funny. That was about the extent of your replies. And then eventually you kind of started to develop a little bit of an interest, I remember. Yeah. And then you were yeah. thinking, I need to do a news story on this. You yeah, were, yeah, yeah, you yeah, were yeah. a pub reporter at the time. And then so you went to the execs and you said, we need to do a story on Bitcoin. And I think they were like, nobody cares about Bitcoin. I like <laughs> nobody skipped. even knows what that is. Yeah, <laughs> I, skipped, I skipped into your edit bay and I was like, oh, my God, this funny money can buy you a car. And, of course, that car is a Tesla <laughs> Oh, my yeah. goodness. All right. So what time is it in London? Because I know you're in London at the moment. It's about 8 p.m. at the moment. So I don't know if you nice. can see nice, nice. the window there. It's still nice and light. So before we go into NFTs, I want to sort of talk to you, like, how did you uh, sort of get into crypto in the first place? Huh. Let me think back. So crypto, I don't think we were calling it crypto at the time even. We were just saying Bitcoin. Um, so this was back in 2013 or maybe 2012. And I remember I was doing some video work for the Financial Conduct Authority. Yeah, that's right. And I overheard some bankers talking nice. about Bitcoin and they were saying, and this was, I think it was 2012, and they were saying, we need to take this seriously. This is not going away. This is the future. And I thought to myself, if bankers are saying that, mm. I should probably listen and find out what this is. <laughs> so then I jumped onto um, a website. And at the time, you had to actually, well, it was there was all sorts of weird ways that you could get hold of Bitcoin. But the way I found was it was called local Bitcoins. So you could find someone in your local area who had Bitcoins. You Love wanted that. them. So you'd send them a bank transfer <laughs> and they would send you the coin. Well, hopefully it was a, it very much based on a trust system. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so you were just counting on them to send you the coins. Yeah. So then I managed to pick up about five Bitcoins or something. I can't remember exactly how much it was. And then I emailed you, of course. <laughs> and I said, Elaine, look what I figured out how to do. And then it went from there. And then in 2017, I remember 2017 was kind of the ICO boom and bust. And, you know, it, yeah. was, it was another kind of, interestingly, I'm feeling some similar vibes from those 
days, totally. that kind yeah. of ICO boom. You remember that when mm. literally everything was being turned into a token, you know, yeah. meditation, there's a token for that, you know, like literally anything. So, um, but I was yeah. fascinated. Um, mm. So I used to study all these different ICOs and kind of figure out, okay, what's what's the point of this? Why is this person? And I mean, Ethereum started off as an ICO as well back in 2014. So right. some, similarly to how I think NFTs are going to go, yeah, some of them survived and did very well. Mm-hmm. And 99% of them, well, 90% of them, I suppose, I don't know what the percentage is, but the majority of them just fell to the wayside and were just either complete scams or just not yeah. valid business okay. propositions. So. so that brings me nicely actually to my next question. So go ahead and, and tell our viewers, like, how did you get into NFTs then? Oh, uh, that's such a good question. Now, let me think. Yeah. I remember um, our first. first time. You remember? <laughs> I, well, I remember I the first. You? Yeah, totally. I remember the first NFT that we got together and I was breaking out a hot sweat just looking at the transactions for this really shit NFT. I mean, we, we shouldn't name the project, but <laughs> do you remember? You know which one I'm talking about. And I'm like, I Zoe, what I is do. this? Like, I was like, I've loaded it up in MetaMask, but I just can't like pick a quick one quick enough to like buy. And then you were like, just do it, just do it. And I was like, okay, I'm doing it. So do you remember? Yeah. I think my question is, do you remember your first NFT and how you got yeah. into, you know, do you remember the first NFT yeah. that you got? Of course. And I don't think anyone forgets their first NFT, even if it was mm. a scam. And in my case... <laughs> Um, I was, so Beeple had obviously sold his, you know, 60 million pound NFT and it was at Christie's and everyone went crazy in the media. Well, I say everyone went crazy, but the kind of alternative media, well, actually, no, that was the first time it sort of reached the mainstream media. So there was this kind of frenzy. And I remember Clubhouse was the platform that everyone was kind of communing on to talk about NFTs and to figure out NFTs and to find out how to buy them, how to make them, how to build communities. Not so it wasn't so much the community aspect back then, but I remember it was Clubhouse. So I spent a weekend in Clubhouse, literally nonstop listening to back-to-back sessions about NFTs. And that's where I learned about OpenSea. And then I sat for hours in front of the computer figuring out how to make one, I probably spent way too long making my first NFT, <laughs> uh, which I sent to you, of course, because <laughs> it wasn't going to sell for any actual, you know, meaningful amount of money. Um, but then I bought this um, I bought this NFT on Rarible. So Rarible was mm. the platform that I found, first of all. Rarible was your first and marketplace then, to purchase an NFT? Yes, that's pretty it cool. It was, yeah. And it was You're really, so OG you know, right really... now, Zoe, just listening to this. You're so OG. <laughs> By the way, this was in March of 2021. So when we say OG, we basically mean last year. <laughs> we basically mean 12 months ago. <laughs> and now they call us experts. <laughs> That's crazy. I know, it? right? Um, like, who? <laughs> it's so crazy. So... So, so my crazy. first, my very first NFT was not the one that you're talking about. That was the one I probably roped you into buying wrongly. But you've kept it, I think. I think I still see it in your wallet. You're still holding on strong, aren't you? I think between you and I, this is the thing, right? There's like an unspoken pact that we tell each other about shit projects. And if it doesn't go anywhere, we just don't talk about it ever again. <laughs> we just, we never a, speak of it again. Yeah, so it's just a <laughs> pact. And that kind of friendship is like deep. Do you know what I mean? In the world of NFTs, that's like blood related when you just like, when you got that shit NFT and it's gone really shit and it's like, "Mm, am I going to bring this up with her? No, I'll just leave it. I'll just leave it. Like the scam that you told me to buy. Actually, I didn't even bring that up with you. I bought that. It was some invisible friends thing. It wasn't the real one or whatever. I don't even know where it's gone. It's just disappeared. That wasn't me. I beg your pardon. (laughs) you You know what? Here's the thing, right? Here's the thing. We move on and we chase and getting the next alpha. All right, so picking back up the conversation. So you're in Rarible. Mm. What was the NFT? Do you remember? Yeah, so then I just thought, look, I'm just going to buy a really cheap NFT. So let's find one mm. of the cheapies. 
I saw yeah. these little flying space things, you know, like these little astronauts in little space things flying around. And I got quite attached to those, but I didn't buy one because I thought, no, that's too much to spend on a, a JPEG slash video. So yeah. I then went and bought this thing called The Economist, which is funny because the way I found out about Bitcoin was through the, the bankers. And then I went and bought an Economist <laughs> cover NFT. Yeah. It was called Babbage. And wow. then it just disappeared from my wallet. I spent $14 on it in the equivalent of ETH at the time. I don't know how much it's worth now. But so then it just disappeared off Rarible. And that was mm. my introduction to NFTs. It was, oh, I just bought some sort of, I think it was an IP issue. So I think basically. Wait, it went from Rarible or the project got pulled? The project was removed from Rarible for probably, I would say, I tried to sort of dig into it and find out where it is, you know, find out where the money went and all of that. But um, for 14 bucks, you went end, down the rabbit hole. Yeah. I was like, where's my ETH? I got really, really obsessed with finding out where it went. I should actually look that one up. You're um, right. But the economist, but it was the genuine, it was the verified economist um account that's the weird yeah. thing so anyway yeah, yeah, yeah. um I still haven't gotten to the bottom of that one look you still get hurt yeah but that didn't put me off weirdly yeah okay why didn't it put you off I don't know I was just like fascinated after that I was like people are still buying yeah, people are buying these things why are they buying these things and then eventually it clicked and I realized oh this is about community this is uh -oh. not about buying a piece of art on the mm. blockchain that you mm. then put away. Yes, it is. The art is a massive part of it because the art is what connects people emotionally to the assets. So yeah. that's what Ethereum's got over Bitcoin. Ethereum has created this economy around assets that people are emotionally connected to, which is quite incredible. So the art mm. is really important, but even more important in, or equally as important as the art is the mm. community. And that yeah. clicked when I joined. I used to be a... I used to be a boy in Discord. <laughs> I used to be, well, not a boy. I used to be a non, I used to be a sort of gender neutral ape. Yeah. Um, Sup, bro? So, Sup, bro? Yeah, yeah, bro. Hey, bro. Hey, man. I was just, yeah, yeah all the lingo. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, back in those days, you couldn't really be a woman in the space because it wasn't really, everyone just assumed you were a man. So there mm. wasn't really space to, you know, and you didn't want to go around saying, hey, I'm a woman, stop misgendering mm -hmm. me. But you mm. did feel a bit invisible, you know, yeah. and this was yeah. before, this was before all the women-led projects. And then gradually, you know, uh, World of Women came along and then Women Rise and um, Crypto Chicks and Boss Beauties and these projects started coming out. And yeah. then we finally felt, and I've spoken to other women women about this and they've said the same thing, that they yeah, finally yeah. felt brave enough to come out as their gender. <laughs> you yeah. know, and it's funny. It's funny, isn't it, that we'd have to kind of come out as, as a woman in the space. But I think we've all yeah. been through that. Everyone who's been in the space for a little bit over a year would understand what I'm talking about. Um, totally. So, yeah, totally. That, yeah, that was okay. my journey into, into NFTs. And then I fell down the rabbit hole and here I am still today. <laughs> no, love that for you. Look, when that moment clicks and you're like, oh, I'm not alone doing this crazy stuff. And that's when you're like, yeah. I see. This is, this, is a, this is a thing. This is just a thing. Mm. All right, now we've spoken about your first NFT. Let's talk about, because I know you obviously are an investor, a collector right now. God knows how many trillion of wallets you have. You know, I don't even want to know how many NFTs that you've actually purchased. But let me ask you this. What is the one NFT project that you, my nail is horrific. What is the one NFT project that you wouldn't sell unless mm. it's like for life-changing money? And why is that? Oh, I don't think anyone has an NFT that they wouldn't sell. I think, you know how you get those people tweeting on Twitter and they're like, I'll never sell this. I'm thinking, hmm. But that again shows you the emotional attachment that they have to the art. Totally, you know, they really totally. believe they'll never sell this, this asset. But, um, yeah. but if I was to say for a life-changing amount of money, 
Mm. Would I sell it? On-Chain Monkey. It would have to be On-Chain Monkey. Yeah. On-Chain Monkey has such historical value that okay. it makes sense to hold on to it for the long term. And I think I think it's those historical NFTs that will have, it'll be the NFTs that have very strong community and are built up as companies and amazing IP and story behind them. But also there will be those historical ones like the CryptoPunks and, you know, OnChain Monkey was yeah. the first uh, fully on-chain NFT. So that has obvious historical value. Um, so I'd have to say that one. It would be hard for me to, I did give up my dessert, which my monkey is supposed to eat to then morph into whatever the is next mes- evolution yeah. of the on-chain monkeys. <laughs> um, yeah. I did sell my dessert. I'm Slightly regretting that decision, but yeah, okay. it would have to be the on-chain monkey. And of course, they you have know, such course- a strong community. They're gonna go like crazy if I put this out. Oh, it's not just the historical value of the on-chain monkeys. It's, it's it's the the founders clearly, yeah, incredible yeah. founders behind the project. So proven track record, and yeah. um, just the fact that they have an incredible community. Um, Right. And that they have, you know, meta good. It's 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 so many things all woven to get together into one that make on chain monkey what it is. Yeah. I think, um, and that make the community strong. So, um, and the other project that I'm in for the long haul is obviously Meta Angels, just because, just yeah. because. Do I even need to say? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Both projects, friends of the show. And um, I think they've actually released some sort of tweet thread saying that Unchained Monkeys, if you look at the statistics, you will find that there are a solid bunch of holders. Um, I don't know. It's just a really solid community. And uh, of course, we'll, you know, put this out there and let them let them see this. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right. So, Zoe, so you've got such a, you know, such an eye for cool projects. I would say you just have the knack. You know, in your day job, you're an editor. You make things look pretty all damn day. You know what I mean? Really shots of just beautiful stuff and you know what works, what looks good. So when you like scrolling down through your open sea, you're like, oh, what's this? And then there you go. I know you're, you're <laughs> off to like researching whatever project. So, and, and you know, when I say I mean early, I'm talking about sometimes, you know, when I put cool projects in front of you, uh, you'll come at me and go, no, Elaine, too high. And then you'll go hunting for the next project, but it'll be at the minting phrase, you know, some worked, (laughs) some worked, some didn't. Okay. But I Mm. think, you know, like I said, we haven't spoken packed that let's just not mention it ever again if it doesn't work out. So I think when you have a cool project that comes up, right, tell me about how do you know it's like a rare one? Okay. You found the project, you got it, but it's like before you pick the one that you actually want. What are some of the things that you look for? For say, for say, for example, mm. like I know like a typical feature is like, oh, I'm going to get this one just because it has laser eyes coming out. So have a think for me. Uh-huh. Well. And you yeah. don't look at the rarity. Mm. Sometimes I just go like look for the cheapest. Sometimes I just go into the cool project, Cheap. whatever you flick out. And I mm. just prick the cheapest one. But you're always like, mm-hmm. hold up. And then you're like, let's look for the rare one. But obviously, you know, that the laser eye is always the one that's more expensive. So what are some of the like cool projects with that like carries on through every project that you see? And you're like, oh, yeah, this is going to be the rare one. Ah, now, are you talking about a rare project or are you talking about how do I find the rare NFT within a project if I'm looking the second, at one The second, the latter. Uh, So recently I started looking on Gem XYZ. So I found that to be incredible. So what's Gem? Well, the amazing thing about Gem is that Gem, it's now been acquired by OpenSea um, naturally Mm -hmm. because what's happening now in the space is that the big existing companies, you might want to call them, uh, are eating up smaller um, companies that are actually 
providing value for the space. Yeah. Um, so if you can't beat gem, them, buy them. You can, yeah. Well, a lot of people they go and buy an NFT and they just look on OpenSea. They just go to OpenSea. They think, well, it's the biggest marketplace. I'll have a look, see what's around. But what if an item has been listed on Looks Rare or Rareable, and you're mm-hmm. not seeing it on OpenSea? But there's different prices listed on these other platforms, so you can go to Gem, so the same Gem project, XYZ. Yeah, so the same project can be listed on multiple marketplaces. Yeah, and exactly. And then you go to Gem. So, go to Gem. Type in the project. So type in Meta Angels, and then you'll see all the Meta Angels that are listed across the different platforms. So you're really getting a much broader view of what's out there and what prices that they're available for. But not just that, it's mm. got all the analytics as well. So analytics are huge at the moment. And I think going into this, you know, the rest of this year and next year, we'll see a- analytics projects. So projects that enable holders to really look into the detail of, okay, what shared holders do we have? Who are holders of Meta Angels and also holders of Akutar, for example? And is there crossover there? And brands that come along and want to buy up projects are going to want to look at that data and see, it's, it's a essentially consumer data, isn't it? It's yeah, holder yeah, yeah. data that the brands can look at and say, this is the behaviours of this particular community. Do they have crossover with other communities that we'd be interested in connecting with as well? So mm-hmm. I think data um, going forward is going to be huge. We're still early in that sense at the moment, but I can see lots of websites popping up like um, like Gem, but also um, I saw another one the other day called Unique, U-N-I-Q. Okay. I think it's unique.ca. Is it's it? okay. Um, we can do a bit of research yeah, afterwards. Unique. Another unique. one that, you know, and I've had a lot of, as a curator for Meta Angels, I hear from a lot of people who are coming to us saying, look, we can solve this problem. We can show your holders what to look for in this, that, and the other area. So, yeah, um, yeah I do think data is as boring as that word sounds. It is going to be massive for collectors and also for brands, for, for big companies looking to come in. I just caught on that you're a creator for Meta Angels. What does that mean? Curator. Um, so... So what you what said, I you're do. a curator for NFT. Curator. For N- yeah. Yeah. Tell me what you do in your Web3 life. <laughs> I know. I've got one foot in film. So, okay. So I'm, I am a film editor in my day job. So I, I'm working for Disney at the moment. So that's my big day job that takes up a lot of my time. And then my other yeah. foot is in the Web3 world. And I am actually working in web3 as well so i've sort of i'd love the two worlds to collide that would be my dream i don't know how you do it i don't know how you do it first of all (laughs) can we just talk about that for a hot second no yeah (laughs) like you're awful okay you message i'm in california you message me at 8 p.m uk time and you say check this sis and my just response is just go to bed You always get back to me, though. That's the hilarious thing. I'm like, she's awake. (laughs) Of course Um, I'm awake. Yeah, it's... (laughs) You're awake at all hours. Come on, like... But, um, yeah, so... Well, someone did say to me once, you should put that on your CV that you... (laughs) Rianne, that was who it was, Rianne from from Meta Angels. She said, you know, you should put on your CV that you don't require any sleep. That's, like, a skill. (laughs) I do absolutely not I love absolutely not I do tell you to leave the computer and go for a walk because we you know you have to find these mm-hmm. people who keep you grounded as well actually that was actually my next question oh no before we move on you didn't even answer me about what do you do as a creator for Minute Angels tell me a bit about that curator yeah so I love looking into projects as you know I've always been oh, like yeah. this I love to dive into projects I love to find out who are the founders do, is this project genuine I suppose because we have you know you and I both you know we have in the past dumped, jumped into projects without thinking seriously you know especially in the beginning where we thought it was just <laughs> we thought we were collecting PFPs like <laughs> We didn't know we were investing in communities, so we just sort of jumped into various projects thinking, that's a cool picture. But, you know, I guess that taught me something, which is do your research, as we like to tell people. Um, Now you're DYOR on crack. Yeah. (laughs) 
<laughs> exactly. Well, now I'm getting paid for it, which is lovely. But yeah, but I used to do it anyway. So, and then um, Ali and Alex from Meta Angels, they said, hey, we noticed because I was reporting my findings in the Discord like a little nerd. <laughs> I was like, dude, so this I is, go to you know, conferences my in Miami and people know about Meta Zoe. They were like, your friends are Meta Zoe. I'm like, girl, <laughs> No, you're too you. kind, Elaine. I tell you, I tell you, I tell you. Oh, so, okay, so this journey led to like a double secret life in Meta Angels. So um, you look up yeah. for projects and you and you give it to Meta Angels. Like what? Is that how it goes? Yeah. So, uh, well, what I do is I jump in and I have a look at the founders. I have my categories. I've started this kind of. Um, we use an Airtable, but we also have a Google, you know, Google Docs where we separate them yeah. into categories. So we've got founders. I mean, the, these are the things I'm interested in when I look at a project. I look at the founders first. Yeah. If I can't find the founder's name within the first half an hour, I probably write the project off straight away. Docs. So that's really Docs. important. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 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 the yeah, fact yeah. that The fact that people are tweeting founders doxed as being like a plus like invest yeah. in us the founders are, is, is kind of hilarious isn't it but I know anyway, I know so I know and I'm like I'm making videos on camera with my face and I'm like you know give me two minutes of your time to listen to this project that I'm like invested in talking about yeah exactly yeah so um so the first thing I look at is the founders if I if they're not doxed it is a really big red flag for me I know there are some reasons that founders may not be doxed for whatever reason maybe they're already working a full-time job and they're trying they're you know try sort of dipping their toe in web3 but they're not ready to tell their employers or you know maybe they're uh it's for reasons that in their country that they're you know maybe they're they've got an lgbt project and in their country it's illegal to be gay we don't know there's so many different reasons so I keep an open mind but it is a big red flag at the same time so founders okay. first not just are they docs but what's their history so what is their background have they got a proven track record of you know are they entrepreneurs uh, you know what is their background that's really important um and then uh the next thing I look at is the roadmap I look at the website um to be honest it's really it's a to be yeah to be honest, it's a really, really superficial thing. But if the website has really bad fonts and is, <laughs> and is designed really badly, it just puts me off. I can't help it. But then again, on the flip side, I remember mm -hmm. the ICO days and you can build a really shiny, beautiful website mm -hmm. very quickly now and mm -hmm. look really official and really professional. And it doesn't mean you have a legitimate project. So it works both ways. Um, but you know, if you're using papyrus font on your website and you know, not ironically, as well, yeah. <laughs> I'm probably yeah, gonna, yeah. it's gonna be a red flag. Um, but right. yeah, that's a small thing. Um, but yeah, so the, then the third thing, I would say the third thing that I look at is community. This isn't yeah. in order of preference, in order of um, importance, but community yeah. is how many people are in the Discord? So mm. do you have an existing community? And again, this can work both ways because you may only have 70 people in your Discord and I might think, oh, you need to work on your community metrics before we're going to partner with you um, yeah. or even think about partnering with you. But I still mm. might get in contact with them because it still might be an interesting project. Mm. And then there's the flip side where there's too many people in the Discord, right? Mm. So when you join mm. a Discord, you can see if there's 100,000 people in there within the first week, yeah, those yeah, yeah. people are clearly not people. <laughs> those people are bots. So it's highly likely that they're bots, um, especially if you compare how many people are in the Discord and how many people are active in the Discord. So if a very yeah. low number are active but you have 100,000 members, mm then it's probably going to be a rug. So there's there's all these little kind of red flags I look out for when it comes to community. I look at how they speak to each other in the Discord. Does this look like a community that we at Meta Angels could see ourselves partnering the with? The value of a genuine relationship that you're building in these Discords, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Are these people building genuine relationships and are they building together even? Um, mm. You know, CPG Pop is a great example of a community which is based on uh, 
people who are building. All these people are building together. As soon as you join CPG Pop, you're going to be yeah. getting Telegram messages from people saying, hey, I see that you're in the film industry. I'm building this project that's like the next IMDb, but it's in Web3 and blah, blah, blah. It's like incredible the, the amount of building that's going on. So it's genuine community. But that project is not cheap to get in, ma'am. No. It's, it's like two ETH, I think, which is what two ETH nowadays is. I don't know, haven't looked at the market prices past like hour but i'm assuming about four to six thousand usd yeah zoe yeah. i'm seeing these projects like you know moonbirds obviously that literally flew to the moon at two ETH mint price and then cpg pop um i don't know there's a few projects out there that's asking for two yeah. ETH. is that yes. a lot of money to ask for it is a lot and you need to be knowing what you're investing into i guess so what is CPG Pop? There's many people in Pop who are building. So mm. you might be looking to get into a community where, you know, you might be looking to move into Web3 full time and you've got all these ideas or maybe you're already building and you want to get together with other people who are also building. There's so much potential there when you have a community yeah. of 2,000 people, yeah, who are all building. So that's very much, that, that's, so that's where the big boys. Yeah, and I think these premium yeah. projects are you know, these premium projects like Moonbirds and Pop and, uh, well, CPG Genesis, obviously, um, which is only 300 holders. They started out around 300, I think, 300 and something holders. So a community um, only so 300? Start- What's their floor price now for with the community of only CPG 300? Genesis was quite small. How many people were in CPG? Uh, around 300, I think. And then Pop, then they released Pop, and that allowed mm-hmm. for another... I think 2,600 around that um, NFTs. So it it was a way to grow the community. But again, they still thought about what's the correct number for of mints to do to grow this community to a size where we are building something together, but it's not so unwieldy. It doesn't need to be a 10K. Um, right. And I think a lot of projects are thinking about that now. They're, they're thinking, do we need a 10K collection? Or do we need to look at supply and demand and actually think, oh, maybe I should be a 600 collection, you know? Maybe that's oh. the, you know, it's 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 not yeah. necessarily, I think everyone does a 10K. Yeah, really is the value of your community, you know, how you want to build it out. Um, wow, that's, that's awesome, Zoe. Um, okay, so I'm just going to move on to my next question in case we start Googling different pages because, you know, the DGENs like us, we just like, you know, move on to the project and look at it and see what they're all about. Oh, yeah. We've always got one one eye on the laptop. And how many phones yeah, yeah, yeah. have I got here? Oh, my God. Like, so many. Oh, my God. So many. Well, I've, I've got like three screens. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. So behave yourself. Okay. Here's the question that I wanted to move on to. So I think like from what I'm hearing, like everything can come at you at full force once you, you know, get your few one or twos NFTs. You're not scared about getting scammed. You're watching a little price go low. You're watching the little price go high on your little JPEGs that you've collected. Um, How are you managing your portfolio? Because like you said, you've been in this space Mm -hmm. for a year now. So that's, 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 you know, like you said, a lifetime in the world of NFT. So how do you manage your portfolio? You wake up, do you check the prices? What do you do? Um, Just before I tell you that, I just had a thought. Um, You talked Mm -hmm. about remaining balanced in Web3. Um, I will say that for me, um, I just wanted to add this because it's, it's something that I like to kind of pass on to my little WhatsApp group. And um, I like to explore that the, the you know, podcasts like the Crypto Critics Corner, for example. So mm. that's a podcast that's very critical of the crypto, the crypto space. And so you're yeah. hearing about all the major scams, you're hearing, you know, about all the money laundering and all that stuff that's going on. That's kind of what you'd call the negative side of crypto and nfts as well they do cover a bit on nfts yeah, need to um, listen to it. not so much more crypto yeah and it's fascinating number one they make great stories and i love storytelling so i love listening to stories about you know scams and things like that but also mm. it keeps you balanced um they've been speaking about tether they've been taking a deep dive into tether since mm. i mean over a year now um and and you know and recently we saw what happened with the collapse of another stable, Terrorist, stable yeah. coin. So, 
Yeah, so it was it was quite relevant and, you know, of course they did a follow-up podcast and they, you know, they they give you some insight into what's really happening yeah. in the darker side of crypto. And I think it's really important to make sure that you do delve into that stuff and you do explore that stuff to remain balanced but also to make sure you don't accidentally join a cult. <laughs> I like to say that to people, you know, just make sure right, you don't right, right. accidentally right. join a cult. <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah, so... But as to your other question, what was your other oh, question? Oh, yeah. How, um, are, how are you managing your portfolio with so much noise? So you're like, okay, so yeah. boom, I'm charging 100 miles per hour, buying all these NFTs. And then you're like, okay, so d- just, you know, just to be critical of the scene as well, which mm. is important to have deep conversations. How mm. are you managing your portfolio then? How do you, where's the middle ground? Like, you know, is it an app that you mm. use or just how do you look mm. after all these different projects? Yeah, so a really good app is the Floor app, which is that one there. So that's one um, that okay, Janet's the floor list. App. You probably can't. Okay. It's Floor NFTs um, on Twitter, um, mm-hmm. Floor NFT app. And the Floor app is great because it just lists, it's got a few different functions, but the main function is that it lists the floor price of all your NFTs. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a really quick thing you can just check just to see if, if something is all of a sudden you know, for some reason, mooned overnight and you need to kind of pay attention to it. Um, Or the opposite way of something. Yeah. Did they send you a signal if it tanks? Um, Well, they they list your NFTs in order of floor price. So as you scroll down, you can see that, yeah, so so Janet's list.eth, she was the one that got me into that and I was really happy. So you can actually get the floor app by buying the NFT. So it's a subscription and then oh. once you have the floor NFT app, you can actually yep the floor NFT you can actually. So you wake um, up and you can check the your portfolio. Yeah. Okay, that's cool. Do you have to? It's pay, a nice so, quick way. Yeah. Do you how much how much is that? I think it's about point three for the generation three. Um, but yeah, point three. You, Ouch. That's that's. That's a good. That's a. That's what. Might, 1, be, might be lower than that now. Floor. Floor NFT. Yeah. Look at her go. She's literally um, googling in front of her. Sorry. <laughs> the Gen okay. One. All right. Oh, the Gen Gen One is point three. Mm. Sorry. Okay. No, I I hear you. So you've been sending me like different platforms of the day, you know just the other day. I think you send me like one of those, but you know we have to talk about it's a rough moment for for NFTs right now. But I mean, mm. I think I want to ask you like because it's such a rough time mm. in the markets right now, how does that affect your terms of investing in NFTs? Are mm. you still buying them every day or are you still holding them? Because the markets went down. And we've seen a lot yeah. of projects that almost hit the one, you know, one E floor price. A lot of them is down. So how does that yeah. change well, your sort of investment strategy? Mm. Well, I mean, it's it's something that has to happen. So, you know, we, mm. we saw this back in the dot-com days as well, is that yeah. these natural corrections need to happen in order for it to be a healthy market. So right. what we're experiencing right now is very normal. Um, and once you've been around for a little while, then you just expect these peaks and troughs and some are more kind of ferocious than others. <laughs> and at the moment, yeah. we're just experiencing quite a big uh, correction in the market and then what you see then is you kind of see the junk or the garbage being weeded out so there's mm. lots and lots of projects similar to the ICO days where I was telling you how there's an ICO for everything and then all of a sudden there was the bubble burst and mm. all the kind of scams and you know projects that just didn't have the infrastructure to be anything just fell to the wayside and I think the same thing is happening as we mature in the NFT space Uh, we're seeing those projects just fall away where maybe someone just made an made an NFT put it online (laughs) managed to build up enough hype to sell them all and now they're going oh shit I need to run run a community (laughs) I wasn't expecting this you know how do I get out yeah 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 there's yeah. no get out yeah. plan. I asked one of right. the women-led projects, one of the um, women founders who, who I, I won't mention who it was, but I was mm. speaking to her and I was saying, so what do you, what is your get out plan? Because now you have this community that's saying, you know, when utility and when this and when that. 
and you kind of have no escape. So I think a lot of artists, you know, have maybe entered the space thinking, oh, I'll do a cool art project and sell 10,000 and then walk away. Mm-hmm. But actually this is a community that is expecting something, expecting you to carry on building you know, no, you can't just drop. No. And that's where a lot of the big brands need to kind of play catch up at the moment, which is they need to realise that they're not just dropping an NFT. You know, you don't just come along with a beer brand and go, oh, here's an NFT, everyone. Bye. Mm. <laughs> no. Yes. yes. <laughs> you can't do that in this space. You will not have a happy. That's essentially a rug. So I think brands are learning uh, but they are playing catch up. Um, I see brands making the same mistakes over and over again. And most of it's around, oh, we don't need a discord. We just, you know, let's just drop this collection by this really famous fashion designer or whatever. And they haven't sort of considered the most important part of this industry, which is uh, the, the most important part of this space, which is community. It mm. is the number one thing that sets this apart from everything yeah, that's yeah, yeah. come before it. So if they can recognise that, brands like Time Magazine have recognised that. You know, Keith from Time Pieces is just a real leader in the space and, you know, he's cracked it. And I think if other publications can follow, if we can see the New York Times and The Guardian and other publications looking at what time are doing, I mean, it's it's just incredible what they've managed to achieve as a massive company um, because I know that ma- big companies have more hoops to jump through as well. So oh, I, I bet, I bet. Why. Yeah, like for someone, for you and I who have so many years of doing media content you know we can totally see like the other sort of media companies who sort of look at this and be like how is time cracking this like you said and obviously Keith Grossman has an interview with Mm -hmm. Rao at Real Vision and um yeah definitely worth probably clicking on that one for the people who's Mm -hmm. uh you know working in the media and trying to build out their whole NFT strategy um all right so Zoe what's your biggest concerns with the space right now, the risk factors. I know we talked about this roughly, but anything mm. that's just like red flag, what are the things that we have to be careful about in NFTs? Mm. I think as we see the flood of big brands into the space, mm. we mm. are going to see a lot of new people coming in because as soon as there's trusted brands entering the space, then you've got, of course, an influx of newcomers. So we're yet to see that real explosion of your everyday Joe coming into NFTs and buying NFTs. NFTs themselves will keep evolving and they may change to to be something different to what we know them as today. We probably won't use the word NFT anymore in the future, even, you know. Um, But once we get that big influx of people, it, you know, we think there's a lot of scams going on now, um, but we're yet to see the real explosion of newcomers. And I can just see this year, like brands really embracing um, NFTs. And so that's where we'll have lots of new scams coming in because newcomers means more money for scammers. Um, but the other thing is, um, that would be a big one. That's a really obvious one, I suppose. Okay, okay. Um, and another one is, you know, artists who want to get their work out there, who Mm. maybe don't know how to connect with the right people to build community or to do the dev work or to do this, that, and the other. So we're going to just see a lot of collections popping up that maybe don't have long-term value. Maybe they do, maybe they don't, but there will be so many of them. So there's going to be a need for curation platforms like GMDAO, for example. Um, you know, Artblocks is an, uh, an obvious one, but uh, mm. we'll see more and more of these curation platforms that give us a trusted platform that we can go to that have already vetted these projects or are yeah. managing their drop for them as well and have an existing community who have pre-sale who can buy up those NFTs. So I think curation platforms, I'm really interested to see which ones um, end up being the sort of leaders in the space. I'm, I'm keeping an eye on GM Dow because um, I think they have a lot of potential. Yeah. Yeah, I'm on the Meta Zoe Dow for sure. I think you, it's time that you have your own team. Um, okay, when so... Elaine Dow. <laughs> Hashtag proof of Elaine for sure. You get a part. Oh, yes. Um... Oh, I can't wait for that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right, so three safety tips. Top three safety because I know, I know mm. you 
Sister I love Zoe. my safety. Oh, yes, I do. You love um, your safety. Tell me three <laughs> tips for a newbie, for a normie, mm. your golden three basic bitch tips yeah. oh, for like new tips. people. Yeah, just three BBT. things that you need to look out for. For I mean, I think you gave one up already. Like, obviously, if you're going to buy your your first nft don't spend half of your life savings into it like just spend 20 bucks on it so it's oh, like yeah, a free course and what you can afford to lose yes yeah 70 percent be, be given yeah 70 percent volatility oh. and more with crypto so in nft if it all goes away tomorrow bruh you better just be like yeah i was just in it for a minute yeah but three <laughs> tips three tips on safety. Three tips on safety. I would say, okay, so the first thing I always tell people is get a ledger wallet. You have to get a ledger, a hardware wallet. If it's not a ledger, maybe it's a Trezor, something else, but ledger is the leading uh, maker yeah. of hardware wallet. So I, I recommend ledger and don't just get one ledger, get a backup ledger as well. Um, a ledger wallet, it's the size of a USB stick. So it's nice and small. You can carry it in your handbag or your pocket if you want. Um, and the reason you want a backup ledger... No, bury it in the that... ground. Bury it in the ground, Sorry, <laughs> you mean, with your ledgers. Well, if your NFTs are doing well, you may want to put it in a safe or somewhere a little bit safer than on the kitchen table yeah. um, do you know what do you know what uh, like at the Met Gala at the Met Gala someone was wearing like a diamond oh they NFT. wear them yeah they've become, yeah. <laughs> they become a status symbol I know I keep seeing yeah. like rappers and things yeah, wearing yeah, them yeah, yeah. Um, just on YouTube I'm not like hanging out with rappers or anything but wearing ledgers but not yet um, but not yeah yet. so the other thing I would say get the backup not yet <laughs> future yeah. goals yes yeah 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 um, but the other thing I would say is um, so the backup ledger the reason you've got the backup okay so we've all got our DGen wallet I mean you've been around for a little while you've got your DGen wallet mm. it's the hall of shame you don't really, you don't have an ENS in there because you don't really want anyone looking in that wallet. That wallet's your hot wallet. Okay. You don't care. It's got all your, you know, economist, whatever, Babbage, NFTs, all your your rugs, you know, yeah, in yeah. there. Yeah. Because that's yeah. from back in the day and you don't make those mistakes anymore. No. Yeah. But then you've got your uh, ledger, which is ledger number one which is mm. for your NFTs that are, you know, that, that are valuable, but you need to still be able to use it to log into Discord, you know, to verify in Discord and do various things. You need to sign with it. So there is a chance that you could sign a bad contract and then lose your, you know, lose your NFTs. Um, you need to, in that case, you do need to regularly check on revoke.cash that's the website that you can check to make sure that you haven't given any token approvals that you don't recognize. So you go on to revoke.cash mm. and then you slide the little slider across to NFTs and then it will show you all the approvals you've given. So it'll show you if you've listed something on OpenSea, you've given approval to OpenSea to take that NFT from your wallet. If you see anything there that you don't recognize, you can revoke those approvals right? Mm. On that website. Mm. So that's an, an, a nice little trick. You can do that on Etherscan as well, but revoke.cash okay. is just a nice, um, simple way to do that. Okay. Um, so your second ledger is for your really uh, fancy NFTs. So you've, you've, you've minted your Meta Angel, or let's say Meta Angels are already minted. So let's say you've, all right, you've, bought, you've bought a rare NFT. Okay. Okay. Because you've gone, I'm going to splash out on this. I really believe in this community. I think this is an incredible project. I'm going to buy one of the more expensive ones because you've looked on Gem XYZ or something. You've got to hold on to it. You've got to hold on to it. Yeah. But this is this is a risky thing because if it is very expensive, you know, and it's connected to your ENS, people can see, people can connect that NFT with you. So they know that you own that NFT and you can become a target of spear phishing or other you know, phishing scams. So, mm. or a target of Prime. <laughs> um, so mm. then this second wallet is one that you don't sign anything with. So you're not connecting it to Discord. You're just sending assets to the wallet, but you never need to connect it to sign. Okay? This is this is the ideal setup. Um, and that's just your really nice set of teeth. I mean, I just use a second ledger that is a way I can't touch it 
no temptation to even sign with it. Mm. Um, and, you know, some people say, oh, no temptation to sell it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. But some people say, you know, I want to, I want to sign, you know, I want to verify in Discord and, and have it on this second ledger. And I always say, you know, that's why I always tend to buy when I mint, I do tend to buy two at least of the NFT because, you know, one goes on the ledger number one. And then if there's a rare or if I want to keep it, you know, long term, I'll put it on the ledger number two. This is very bullish advice, people. We need to we need to <laughs> calm down. This is very okay. bullish advice. We need to calm down. <laughs> yeah. So that's what I like to do. I like to get multiples. And, and the other thing that that does is it it sort of helps you not get too attached to the NFT. I think I find if you just get one at mint date then you can actually get quite attached, you know, that the artistic element sort of gives you that emotional attachment and you might find you don't want to let it go and then you're yeah. too diamond hands-ish when you should have maybe let that one go and sold it at nine ETH or whatever. <laughs> yeah, And you're just a bag holder. Okay, um, all right. So, look, I'm very privileged to have you in my life. I really am. How do people who are new into the space find their Zoe? Oh, Elaine, that's too cute. No, seri- no, seriously. Like, because, you know, it's so safe having you in my life with NFTs. Oh, okay. You mean people obsessed with sharing their, like, intricate knowledge no. of... <laughs> well, just like, okay. Their you're special on- interest. <laughs> no, because, like, look, you're on, you're oh. on your own. Crypto can be very sidelined and lonely if it's not online, right? So, like, you know, when yeah. I leave the screen, probably no one gives a shit that I buy NFTs. So, like, for people online who do that on their own, where do you think they should start? And just finding a bezzy? Oh, that's so, it is so important, isn't it? To have that person that you can message at 4am and just be like, am I crazy? But I would say the IRL is definitely where it's at right now. So communities that are actually setting up opportunities for people to meet one another in real life yeah our community that I'm starting to gravitate towards now like for example next week we're going to a CPG dinner yeah um and you know we've got the guys from Beam uh Beam XYZ which I'm slightly obsessed with at the moment um they meet once a week as a film three group so we meet down at a pub in Shoreditch um every Tuesday night um and then you've got Mun yeah you miss your yeah. don't you? Um, mm. We've got Mundow, we've got Tuesdow, we've got Thursdow, I think there's even a Wednesdow, who all have these IRL meetups. Yeah, this is quite a recent thing that people are That's just great. like, we are That's sick of so new and interesting that I've not heard before. Seriously. Yeah. Amazing. It's, 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 yeah. I think people have a real thirst for that. They want to meet real people and have real discussions and have a real live drink of beer <laughs> or in my case prosecco cheers, but cheers 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 um no that's great okay that's look i think i'm gonna pretty much wrap up here but look zoe how do people keep up with you how do people find you i mean i know you can't obviously reply to every single message but where, where can people find you on twitter what's your handle oh i'm meta zoe so meta z zero e and um, yeah, it's pretty easy to find me. No one else is called Metazoe for some reason. So <laughs> um, I'm also obviously always in the Meta Angels Discord as well. Copy that, copy that. Look, it, it's so good to have you here. I think this was such a refreshing conversation because we talk to each other every day, every hot minute, reacting to the thing that's in front of us. But this is a bigger picture conversation. Yeah. You know, I, we're going to return to our dirty Degen WhatsApp group. Shout out to the girls in there. Um, look, Zoe, I talk to you more than I talk to my mom. But look, I truly believe when you believe in the change of blockchain technology on a consumer level, it's like, you know, this interaction that we have every day. It's just like talking to your bezzy and saying, hey, should I get this one or should I get that one? So, Zoe, I hope you enjoyed this conversation. I'm, I'm so like grateful for your time tonight on a Friday evening. Thanks for having me, Elaine. And I'll see you in a minute on WhatsApp. <laughs> Probably just on WhatsApp to talk about the next shit project. Okay, well, thank you all. Um, <laughs> thank you all for joining us. And this is your Real Vision Crypto Podcast with Elaine Lee. Thank you. What's up, revolutionaries? Thanks for tuning into Real Vision Crypto. For more great crypto content like this, head over to realvision.com forward slash crypto. 
and get unfiltered access to the most brilliant minds in finance and crypto. Music